Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Okay, Matthew 16, starting at verse 13, reading down to 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some say Elias, another Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to minister just a few moments today on the Invincible Church. Many years ago, a newspaper had offered a prize for somebody to write on the subject, kind of like a best essay contest of what's wrong with the church. And the prize was won by a minister, and he wrote just this short sentence. What is wrong with the church is our failure to realize and wonder at the beauty, the mystery, the glory, and the greatness of the church. And that still applies today. We fail to recognize that this is still, despite all its faults, that we are part of God's glorious church. Amen? And the church is God's one redemptive institution placed on this earth. There is no other institution that God has afforded the right and the ability, the power to go forth and win souls to the kingdom of God. God chose the church, not me. Not anybody else. We This is not man devised. I know sometimes man's uh, ways can come into organizations and church, but God is the one that instituted the church. It was the church that Jesus gave the great commission. He said, go forth and you carry this gospel to the utter ends of the earth. It was through the church that Jesus brings this message of salvation to the world. We're the ones. We can't wait on anybody else to do the job. There, There is no plan B for the message to go forth. It is through the church and the church alone that God has ordained to carry the message forth. And, and I'm not speaking about the building. This building plays a small part in what I mean by the church, but I mean the church, that, that body of Christ, that mystical body that has been sold out to Jesus Christ, that has been washed in the blood of the Lamb, that, that have put on those uh, robes of righteousness. Amen? And it is for the church that Jesus will return one day. Never forget the church, despite its faults, it will stand until Jesus Christ comes again. Amen? And look at the promise. Jesus promised that that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And I want to minister a few moments this morning on the invincible church. Let us pray together. Lord, we love you. I thank you for this time together that we can come in here and break the bread of life. And Lord, as we look at your word today, let us be reminded how glorious your church is, how wonderful it is. 
You designed this, Lord. You put this together. And how invincible it is because your word promises and declares that the church will remain. And Lord, again this morning, just bless us, keep us, and be with us, Lord. Impart power to us as we listen to your word this morning. In Jesus' name we ask these things. We say amen. So how has the church stood for 2,000 years? How come every scheme that Satan has tried against the church has failed? So what makes the church invincible? And there's several reasons. One is the people that make up the church are transformed. We have been changed. The folks that make up the church are changed not by men's ways, not by their own devices, not by their own power. They have been changed by the power of God. So all of our members in the church... Uh, and not just the lighthouse. I'm, again, I'm talking about the body, the body of Christ, all the people that make up that body. If they're truly saved, they're truly part of that mystical body. They have been changed by the power of God. They're not the same people. And the cross of Christ is what delivers that power to us and changes us. Now, in our opening text, Jesus is uh, standing in front of the entrance to basically what is one of the, was the most wicked town of his time. Uh, Caesarea Philippi was known as a, uh, just, it was full of pagan worship. It was full of idol worship. He stands before this great hill leading up into the town and that, and it's scattered with these pagan temples everywhere. And there was a great, uh, cavern there that Jesus is standing near. And it was said that Pan, the great, uh, the Greek nature god was born in some type of, uh, pagan story that had developed over the years through Greek mythology. And in Caesarea Philippi, there was this great white marble temple built to the Roman godhead of Caesar. So the idea of being planted up on a rock, the idea of a rock is, is before him as he gives this, uh, speech to them. And here stands a penniless, homeless, Galilean carpenter with 12 ordinary fishermen. And then he asked this question, who do you say that I am? And Peter clearly says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And standing there before what the world uh, considered the the great spiritual realm in their time and all of this pagan worship and all these idols that stood before them. Peter says, you're Jesus, you're Lord over it all. Amen. He recognized his authority. There was, it was no accident that he brought them there and he stands before all that the world declares is great and what we should be worshiping. And Jesus asked Peter who he was and, and Peter, what a magnificent answer. He said, it, you Lord, it, Jesus, you're, you're Lord over all this. And he was saying, Jesus, this is important, was God in the flesh. To recognize that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, that changes everything. And this church that is about to be founded at this moment in time, it, it's it will become invincible because Jesus Christ started it. When it's... uh when it's converted, when it's members, when the church can stand up before the world and in face of what the world calls great, and we can say Jesus Christ is Lord over all of it. Amen. We've got something to be proud of. 
We watched all types of wickedness uh, about two weeks ago come across television screens, social media. This stuff has been coming at us 900 miles an hour. And I think it's just like God to show out after that. Amen. Then we had these revivals starting to break out in different places for no apparent reason. CNN's having a meltdown. All the liberals' heads are twisting and about to explode. And then you even, in the house said, we even got some Christians complaining about that. I, you know, I can't tell you if it's of God or not. All I can tell you is I see 20 year old kids on their face seeking Jesus Christ and I'm all for that. Amen. I don't know if every little aspect of that church is right. I have not a clue. I can't tell you this about the Asbury College though. I did notice they are a Methodist college. There, some of their beliefs don't align with ours and that's okay. But I know one thing they did do a couple of years back. When the United Methodists come to them and tried to get them to swallow the LGBTQIA whatever agenda, they said, no, thank you. We won't have any part of it. So maybe, just maybe God is using people that have stood their ground and said, I'm not going to have any part of this world because my Lord is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he wouldn't be pleased with that. That's what makes an invincible church. It's not how uh, the members have money or great power, how much wisdom and oratory skills we have. I'm hoping some big minister don't show up at that college because then somebody would start taking credit for it. If you noticed all these revivals, nobody can stand up and say they took credit for it. <laughs> Amen. It's Jesus Christ that got glorified. The church is invincible because of our relationship to Jesus. The first part of that relationship is the church is built on Jesus Christ. Built on Christ. In verse 18, there's a little bit of play of words there with the English language. Jesus said to Peter, he said, thou art Peter. And he, that word Peter is Petros and it means the little rock. You're the little rock and I'm the big rock upon this rock. And the word rock after that actually means like a boulder. It means a, a great uh, solid foundation. So he was saying to him, Peter, you're the little rock and I'm the big rock. And upon this rock, I will build the church off the foundation of Jesus Christ, the church will be built. The Bible says no foundation for the church can be laid except for Jesus Christ. And last time I checked, Jesus Christ is the head of the church. There's no man nor woman that can glory and say that I started this or it's all about me because when they start that, I'm out the door. I don't want to hear it because then you have nothing but a social club. Even right here in this little old small pulpit in Lighthouse Church of God in Grenada, Mississippi, it all belongs to Him. We've had a lot of growth as far as material things over the years and land and got a house back here. This We're about to complete this sanctuary up here and we don't own a cotton-picking thing. Amen. <laughs> I don't own anything. You don't own anything. Jesus Christ owns it. Why? Because he's the very foundation of the church. It is up on him the church is built. We're not a social center. We're not a food handout center. I'm, now, let me clarify. There's nothing wrong 
with a church handing out food. That's not the idea that I'm thinking of. But we're not a social center for a social gospel to hand out food and water bottles and pat people on the head and tell them that you're okay and I'm okay. We're not a man-made organization. We are the church of the living God. Amen. And our mission, the first mission we have is to preach the gospel without fear nor favor and tell mankind that we're all simple creatures that we need to repent and accept Jesus Christ as Lord to make it to heaven. That is the mission of the church. Nothing else. Now, if we hand out a couple of cans of beans along the way and it helps somebody, amen. God bless. I hope it helps somebody that we can help them. I believe we should help people when it's possible. But that's not our mission because we're built on a foundation that is clear and solid and there's no ifs or maybe in that foundation. It's a sure thing at what the church is built upon. Now, the second part of that unique relationship is the church is built by Christ. So we just said that we were built on and now the church is built by Christ. One day... About 2,000 years ago, Jesus was walking along the shores of the Galilee Sea and He calls these fishermen forth like Peter, James, and John, and Andrew. And He even went and found a tax collector to come along with them. He, he discovered one day a woman at a well and began to talk to her. Jesus was building the church. That's where the church actually started. Uh, I know in the book of Acts it was instituted, but there was the beginnings of the church as he's going around and gathering these people. Then one day recorded in John 15 and 16, Jesus turns to them and he says this, You have not chosen me, I have chosen you. And those are some very powerful words, not just for them, but that day, them fishermen and that tax collector. It's also powerful for you. Why? It is by divine providence of God that you're living in 2023 and you're part of this church today. Amen? It's not an accident. It's not a chance. It's not happenstance. It is a fact. It was ordained by God that if you're truly saved, you're here today, you're part of this body of Christ working, it was ordained. That same Jesus that chose Peter. That same Jesus that chose John. That same Jesus that chose James. That same Jesus that chose Andrew. That same Jesus that has been calling millions upon millions of people into the fold is the same Jesus that placed you here today. Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener-supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a non-profit organization, so your donations are tax-deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. We're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. Woo! Thank you, Lord, you found me. Thank God, Lord, you found me. 
<laughs> an old little man like me that had his life in the wrong direction. You come and found me and set my feet on that solid rock and gave me a purpose and a mission in life. Hallelujah. It's not by chance or accident. Maybe I didn't say it right. Let me say it one more time. It's not by chance or accident you're here today. Amen. <laughs> Even Brother Glenn, since he wants to throw himself out there, it's no accident that he's here. In fact, I'll just use Glenn's example. He fought coming here. It's hard to leave tradition sometimes, ain't it, Gary? It's hard to leave what your family has been involved in for years. And then God calls you somewhere because God called you. And when you know that God calls you, you don't quit. You keep going. Why? Because it's a unique relationship we have with Christ. It's built by Him. I understand that devils creep in sometimes, but I'm not talking about them today. I'm talking about the people that God has called into the church to be part of the church and make up the church. One time there was a young associate pastor. He went to the senior pastor. And he was talking about a lady in the church that complained all the time. And he felt she was more critical than she should be. And she was giving him a particularly hard time that day. And he was wanting to know what the senior pastor could do about it. The senior pastor told us, don't criticize that lady. She's the most valuable church member we have. The associate pastor looked, well, how do you figure she's the most valuable church member we have? The senior pastor just smiled and said, she's teaching you a great lesson. If you can love her, you can love anybody. Amen. Just remember, everybody that comes through that door, not, not everybody's going to be perfect. Not everybody's going to fit our mold of what we think a Christian should be. Right now, people are learning a hard lesson that, that people thought revival would come through a Pentecostal church, and it didn't. Come through a Methodist college. So what God sends in, don't push it aside. Don't rebel against it. Love those people that come in because they were chosen by Jesus, not us. Okay, moving on. The third part of that unique relationship is the church is empowered by Christ. Now, after Jesus told the disciples He would build the church, then He says something a little unusual here. He says that and when I build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And for a while, I... I had the idea that was more like being in a fort. Maybe like you're in the church and you're fending off the enemy, but that's not the idea behind it. As I've studied it and read behind commentators that know way more than I do, here's the idea that, think of this, in the gates of hell, gates don't move. <laughs> gates are in a location. And the idea is the church is the one trying to go through the gates of hell. The church is the one trying to break down those gates of hell. The church is the one on the offense. Amen. We're supposed to be the head, not the tail. Amen. We've been down too long and we let the world run over us. 
You got to quit listening to these people that are evil and trying to tell you to be quiet and sit in the corner and don't say nothing. And Jesus said you're supposed to love everybody. Yeah, he told me to love everybody, but he didn't tell me to put up with a bunch of garbage either. And that means the church should be on the offense. That means we should be on the offense. Amen. When it comes to things like abortion and same-sex marriage and drugs and alcohol and hordes of illegal immigrants flooding our borders and coming into our country and tearing it down, we shouldn't be sitting in the back and just saying, well, I hope everything works out. That's not how it works. The church is supposed to be on the offense. And I don't mean jumping out there with a shotgun either. I mean jumping out there with the Word of God, bringing revival to our land, amen, and awakening by the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're to see a turnaround in this nation, we need people empowered by the Holy Ghost to be called by God to areas of this nation to start holding meetings and revivals and to preaching what thus saith the Lord. Amen? Amen. We're the ones that are supposed to be on the offense against the gates of hell. Why? Because we have a solid foundation we can stand on this unmovable. Jesus Christ will not be shaken. He will never be defeated. We're on the winning team. This Bible says we have power upon power upon power that is available to us by the Spirit of God. And are we tapping into that? I would have to say I don't think so. Why? Because if we were truly, not just the lighthouse, all churches, if we were truly tapping into the power of God and we were charging the gates of hell, you would start seeing the evidence of it. One thing, one thing that I noticed at this Asbury revival, something that kind of bothered me when it started, I didn't see certain earmarks of revival. You know, there's some things I'd like to see. And it's hard to gauge what the word, the preaching is, or, and it sounded like the music was really good. They were singing old hymns. They were just getting up there and a lot of it was acapella. They were just, they were just singing. There was no instruments involved. Sometimes there was a little guitar, but I was wanting to see some things, and particularly one of them was the casting out of demons. Oh, I know this don't set well with the modern church, but you better wrap your mind around it because I'm going to tell you what, everywhere Jesus went, everywhere the apostles went, they were casting demons out of people. Amen. What do we think? The demons just disappeared? No, they haven't. They're alive and well. Amen. And they're looking for vessels to get in. Just got in one in a man up here in Mississippi that killed six people. What, Friday or Saturday? Nothing but demonic possession. One thing that always is an earmark and a, um, I shouldn't say an earmark that, that is common with unusual acts like that where somebody's murdered is that it is demon possession. Go talk to some of them. I've been on death row. Lynn's been with me on death row. The boy, and I can't remember his name right off the jump. And I've said this a couple of times before. Uh, that did the shootings, the first high school shooting that we, that really made the media. In Pearl, Mississippi, and he's locked up uh, on death row. I think he may, maybe he ain't. I don't know if he's still over there or not. 
But I knew some people, Billy Franklin. I, I'll say his name because Billy's passed on, went on to be with the Lord. But Billy Franklin was in the same cell with this man. And I, w- I just made the statement we were talking about and asked what I think. I said, well, I don't think he's saved. I said, and Billy said, well, I think he is. I said, well, how can you say that? Because he said when he got up that morning, the boy that did the murdering, he said a demon come in him. And he stabbed his mother multiple times, slashed her to pieces. I don't mean to be so graphic, but that's what it was. And then he said that he went to the high school influenced by demons and shot kids. And then he was loaded up and going to another school. And if it hadn't been for the football coach that ran to his car and got that pistol, he said that. He said that if it had not been for that man, he would have did more killing. And now he's free of those demons. If you talk to him now, you wouldn't even recognize him. Why? Because the demon come out of him. I'm not telling him he's not going to pay a debt to society, which he should. Whatever the court deems he needs to do. But still, yet, it was demon powers. You know he's teaching Bible classes now? He's baptized in the Holy Spirit with initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm not telling you, he may pay a heavy, I mean, he should. He should pay his price, whatever the judge has gave him here on this earth. But won't a lot of people be shocked? Won't a lot of people be shocked to see him standing around the throne of God when that day comes? Huh. We should be attacking the gates of hell because there's people out there that are demon-possessed. Anyway, back to Asbury. I didn't forget Usually do, but I didn't today. (laughs) I know my wife was over there rolling their eyes, and I threw that qualifier in there. But at Asbury, I noticed a lady had fell out, and they were telling me to get the medical personnel away from, or get people away, and they were bringing the medical personnel in so they could tend to her. And there had, I guess she was Holy Ghost filled. She, She was in touch with the Spirit. She knew what was happening. And she went down and laid hands on that lady. And begin to pray, come out of her. Amen. And then just the spirit started sweeping that whole building. You can feel boys sent chills up my arm. My hair was standing up when I began to hear them praying. Just the volume come up. It, it was just the spirit of God was in the house. And you could hear that demon screaming and coming out of that lady. Folks, we need more things like that happening. We need people with cancer to be healed immediately in front of our eyes. Not as something but for us to glory in, but to testify to the power that the church has giving by our living God, Jesus Christ. Amen. We should start seeing healings. We should start seeing prophetic messages coming forth. We should start seeing demons cast out of people. We should see all manner of types of miracles and wonders. Uh, people that are fasting and pray up, just walking by the shadow casting up on the sick and watching them being healed. Amen. We have this power. We've got to quit setting back and letting the devil run over the top of us. We have to charge the gates of hell. Come on now. We have to charge the gates of hell. Man, we need to, when we walk out in public, we need the people that are not saved to look at us and go, oh, golly, here he comes again. Oh, man, he's going to start talking that Jesus stuff. Come on, get in the car. Let's go. 
that's what people need to think of you when you go out in public. Not, oh, how did you welcome? Come on in. Let's have a drink together here in the restaurant. That's not who we are. We're Christians. The church, and we're part of it. And we're built on Christ. We're, we're built by Christ. And we are empowered by Christ. Read it again. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Look at that one more time. Shall not. Now, I'm not a Greek theologian, but I went and searched that word. And you know what it means? It means shall not. <laughs> it's, it's, there's no clause. There's no, no if or maybe. It means Jesus Christ said, I built this church. I'm the one by my blood. I have founded this glorious church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Just this week was just wonderful to me watching all this stuff flood social media and look how God can come in the back door at a time that you think not. We're headed to some unprecedented times in this world. I personally believe that World War III is right around the corner. Russia is ramping up and they're pouring troops in on the border of Ukraine. They're rushing tanks up there. They have got 500,000 men they have drafted and trained up and ready to go. And they said it's either going to be that or a nuke. One of the two. And I'm thinking to myself, we got all these things before us. We got all these evil times. And then I see God show up in some colleges. Folks, the church can turn this thing around. And God is waiting on people that will stand up and charge the gates of hell. Go into the world and preach the gospel. I said, <laughs> go into the world and preach the gospel. But I don't know what I should be doing in the church. Go into the world and preach the gospel. I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Go into the world <laughs> and preach the gospel. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. Well, I don't understand all the Bible. Neither do I. Neither does most people standing behind the pulpit. Matter of fact, I think around here, if you've read that expositor study Bible all the way through in the notes, you know more than most preachers standing behind the pulpit. It's called ignorance on fire is what it's called. What's ignorance on fire? I may not understand it all, but I'm on fire for Jesus Christ and I'm going to go tell everybody I can about it. Amen. I'm not looking for a doctorate degree. I'm looking for some souls to get saved. Last time I checked, God didn't require a doctorate degree anyway. God's not looking to see how smart you are. He's not looking to see how many doctorates you got behind your name. You've been to the seminary. Or if you got this degree or that degree, I, I think you should go to seminary. I've been, I did my two years and I study every day. I, I try to pick up the Bible at least one to two times a day and do a study and have some other kind. I read all the time. I'm always taking things in. I think you should do that. But I'm not here to just hold down the fort and study. Amen. I'm not here to put all these degrees up on the wall. I'm here to go out into the world on the battle lines. Amen. Keep on the firing line. God will only so use a soldier he can trust. <laughs> Come on. He don't want people that don't want to do anything. 
Oh, God, ain't you blessing me? And I'm sitting here on the pews and I'm sitting. What what do you think is going to change if that's the attitude you have? I hurt too. (laughs) I'm like a bag of bones. You get up every day. (laughs) I'm trying to get up out of bed and stand just for a minute. But it's amazing how God, amen, can empower you and give you the strength you need when you're on the mission for Him. He'll put words in your mouth. He'll give you the strength to stand. He'll put pep in your step, honey. It takes great faith to believe God for great power. That's not an easy thing. I better be careful with that too because I understand the plight of it too. I remember Rita one time. Remember that? And I told her she had just had hip surgery. And she she told Brenda to go down there and get that car. I said, don't go get her that car. You make her walk. She needs that exercise. She held it. She didn't really say nothing. Well, guess who had to have hip surgery a little while later? And I'm sitting there and I'm, honey, go get the car. And Brie's like, oh no. <laughs> Don't you go get him that car. <laughs> so I understand sometimes you can get down and I understand we get pain sometimes, but look, we gotta look past all of our difficulties. We gotta, when the checking account don't add up for the church, when we don't, when we don't feel like getting up out of bed because our body's racked with pain, all of our families done went ignorant. All of our in-laws are acting like they're spawns of hell. And everybody's got problems. We got a job. When you go to the job, it feels like you're working with Satan. And you got, <laughs> and you got all these problems. Look, you're not alone. Everybody has them, but that doesn't stop the church. You got to have faith that God will empower you and empower the church to go out and declare this glorious gospel. Time is winding down. It looks like this whole world's about to go absolutely nuts and go straight down the drain. But that does not stop the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the power to deny self and exalt Christ. The power comes from the cross. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But us that are saved, it is the power of God. Amen. Would y'all stand with me this morning? We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us, and we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details. And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.